More than two years in the making, the National Institute of Standards and Technology is releasing its fourth revision of one of its core pieces of IT security and information risk guidance, Special Publication 853, Security and Privacy Controls for Federal Information Systems and Organizations. Hello, I'm Eric Chambro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to welcome back to this podcast the lead author of the guidance, NIST fellow Ron Ross. Thanks, Ron, for joining me. It's good to be with you again. NIST first published the Catalog of Controls in 2005, and the last time NIST updated 853 in 2009, the word privacy wasn't in the title. Why is privacy now an important element of Revision 4 of the guidance? Privacy has been a very important topic area for a very long time. We had our first special publication, 800-122, come out several years ago. That dealt with the confidentiality of personally identifiable information. But in working with the CIO Council, the Privacy Subcommittee, we found that privacy goes well beyond just the protection of PII with regard to confidentiality. There's many other privacy-related issues that are very important. And with this major revision of of 853 Rev4, we took the opportunity to work with the Privacy Committee on the CIO Council and the new privacy families and the privacy controls are patterned directly from the fair information practice principles. This is an international standard that's uh, well recognized. And of course, we still have the Privacy Act of 1974 and all the OMB policy. The integration of the privacy controls into Appendix J of the new publication really brings that to the forefront and sits side by side with security now so the security and privacy teams can work together. They have a lot of overlap in what they do, but privacy goes uh, well beyond what the traditional security aspects are. And give us an example or two of the type of privacy controls in the revised guidance. Well, privacy, again, goes back to the eight fair information practice principles. So the privacy folks, in addition to worrying about that the information is protected from non-disclosure with regard to confidentiality, they worry about things like how much data is collected on an individual, how long is that data retained, and what kind of things can the data be used for. All of those things you would never have found in our security control catalog because those are really privacy issues. And the controls are laid out just like our security control, same type of format, and they're organized into those eight families that map directly to the uh, the fair information practice principles. It really gives a good breadth and depth of all of the things that we worry about with regard to privacy, which is becoming really important now with all the mobile technologies and the digital footprint getting so much bigger. With an expanded list of controls, this in its latest revision introduces the concept of overlays, which are designed to give organizations greater flexibility and agility in defending their IT systems. What are overlays and how do they work? Well, overlays, it's a great new concept and construct that we introduced into Rev4 that allows organizations to specialize their security plans. And and what that really means is that as our catalog of controls grows over time with regard to the threat space, every time we see a new cyber attack or there's a new threat that we see either has occurred in the form of a cyber attack or we think it may occur, that drives us to develop a defensive mechanism, a safeguard or countermeasure. We call those our security controls. And as you would expect is that threat space gets larger and larger, so does the catalog of controls. But at the same time, we realize that organizations have to be able to develop their security plans that really talk to their specific mission, their business model, their environment of operations, and maybe the technologies they deploy. So the overlay concept is introduced to allow that specialization. So you can select the right controls to do the job 
of course, you start with our baseline controls and the low, the moderate, and the high impact uh, baselines, but it allows a customization that really can eliminate controls or add additional controls as necessary. I guess a good example might be the military is building an overlay for tactical environments. Um, when, when the military is in combat operations, they don't have the capacity sometimes to audit and build those big audit logs as you would do back in a garrison or a facility here back in, in the States. The Space Command is building an overlay. The physical security controls are relevant when that spacecraft is on the ground, but when it's up in space, uh, the physical controls are not so relevant anymore. So overlays can bring that time sequencing in as well, and it really allows people to work more efficiently. What other new features can be found in the, this latest version of 853? Well, I think after the overlay, um, the, the one that I think is the most critical is the reintroduction of the whole notion of assurance or trustworthiness of information systems. You know, when we look at protecting our information systems, there's a lot of work today on what we call cyber hygiene, cybersecurity hygiene, where you make sure you understand all the boxes on your network, make sure those boxes are configured properly. We do all the patching type of activities, and that's good hygiene that can really eliminate a good number of the cyber attacks being successful. But there's another aspect to our protection strategy called, I call it the build it right strategy, and that really talks to the quality of the hardware, software, and firmware components that make up our systems. And assurance is a way to express your requirements to developers so the developers can send evidence back to you that they've done the right thing with regard to design, the development practices, maybe the types of testing they do on these products that we purchase, and then we integrate these through good security engineering techniques into our critical systems. The assurance has been rebranded, if you, that, that's the term I'm using, rebranding it. It really makes the argument that you can associate certain security controls with assurance, and you can associate certain ones with functionality. And the assurance ones are important because they, they really do talk to quality. And, and that's important in order for us to reduce the number of latent errors that are in our software programs that lead to vulnerabilities, which can lead to systems being breached. That's a very big investment, and I, I call it a down payment on the future of our build it right part of the strategy. The threat landscape is evolving as is technology. When will NIST begin work on Revision 5? As tired as we are, this has been a two-year process, and all of us are pretty worn out, but we actually start working on Rev 5 as soon as Rev 4 is released. And what I mean by that is we start to look at the controls that we currently have, what are some of the new things we see coming down the road with regard to the threat space, try to make the catalog as efficient as it, it can be. And so there's an information gathering process that starts really after the publication is released. And as we gather that information over the next year or so, we'll then start to think about Revision 5, probably around the second year, because it, it does take a good year to put one of these revisions together. This one was especially long because it was such an extensive revision and we covered so many topics from insider threat to application security, cloud and mobile, the new privacy control. So this is an exceptional rev, but uh, we'll, we'll be thinking about the next one in about two years from now. Because IT security isn't static and new controls will be created between now and in two years uh, and maybe a year or so after that to address new cyber threats, what can this do to help organizations make sure they're aware of newer controls that may be coming out? We have a lot of things going on. What we're trying to do also, in addition to waiting for the two-year cycles, which can be problematic in, in an environment where it's very dynamic and the threats are evolving very quickly, we can develop security controls in the interim between Rev 4 and Rev 5, and I call those maybe beta controls. They would be developed because of a specific threat that we become aware of. We could actually post those on our website after we vet those controls internally. They, they wouldn't be official, they wouldn't be in the catalog, but they would be there for our customers to use if they were concerned 
concerned about that type of a threat. That's more of the online web-based nature. We're also finding new ways to deliver the content of 853 so the, the content can be downloaded and imported into tools and things that make it easier for our customers. There's lots of ways we can use the technology today to deliver content to our customers so they can be prepared on a day-by-day basis. Thanks, Ron. Thank you, Eric. Good being with you again. I've been speaking with NIST Ron Ross about the release of revision of special publication 853, Security and Privacy Controls for Federal Information Systems and Organizations. They're also going to be used by other organizations in and out of government. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.